Welcome to Scroll Sessions. I'm Shane Hickenlooper, and I'm joined by my co-founder, Dan Page. Together, we're the brains behind Scroll, a digital marketing agency. In this podcast, we'll explore the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, marketing, and growing a business. Join us each week as we share our insights, our failures, and our successes with you. Hit that subscribe button to stay updated on the latest episodes of the Scroll Sessions. Welcome, LinkedIn influencers and messy fans. Uh, this is Scroll Sessions, and we're happy to have you today. Messy fans especially, dude. That's me right there. Yeah. Well, Mitch, we're excited to have you on today because it's been... Glad uh, to be here. It's been... I mean, we've had a relationship for years mm-hmm. with with you and your family, and uh, and it's been just cool, I think, for both of us to kind of like watch each other. Oh, the yeah, last yeah. couple of years. For so. those of you that live under a rock like Patrick on SpongeBob, this is Mitchell Thane, <laughs> also known as Mitch Thane. That is me. And he runs Film Lab, Rab Lats, aka Lab Rats. And uh, <laughs> that's how we're he is from now on. an amazing uh, creator, amazing storyteller, and an amazing entrepreneur growing his business yeah. and doing great things. Hands down, in my opinion, the best content creator in Utah. Sheesh. Bro. I have always We're really said, gassing you up. Yeah, I'm like, I got a lot to live up to. <laughs> Go after this. watch their content and You'll see try why. and tell me otherwise. Uh, yeah. These guys absolutely crush it. They've worked for some of the biggest names out there. Throw some names, Mitch. Tell us some of the people you've worked DGI, with. DJI, Sephora, the Utah Jazz. We just did a piece for Jordan coming out this week. Guys. Yeah, it was a fun Sweet. event. It was like a cool event. Michael yeah. Jordan's brand. Jordan. Michael Jordan's brand. So we shot for them in uh, for NBA All Star Weekend. That was cool. But then we just did something for them in Boston. But we didn't get approval to use it till now. So mm. now we're gonna be able to throw it out, which will be fun. Cool. So literally the biggest names in the United States. They are working <laughs> yeah. for those brands. Uh, go watch their content even before we're watching this episode and uh, you guys, it's, it's amazing. So, all right. Hey, uh, Abby, can we clip that? And we'll just run that as an ad for film lab because that was great. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was right. baller. That was great. That no, was I really baller. appreciate that. And obviously like our relationship has been fun. I mean, I've yeah. known you guys individually for a while. I mean, First time I met you, Dan, we were uh, filming we were a, a funeral. funeral. <laughs> I literally tell people a real like, funeral, a an real actual. Funeral. Funeral. It, it didn't yeah. seem like a funeral. It was. I mean, it was a funeral. Life, it was maybe. like the, a celebration of life. It was like a mini party. Okay, okay, great, yeah. great. But Ooh, still, that but that's me. where yeah. When first... I tell people, I'm like, yo, you want to know where I started, bro? I was making, I was shooting piano recitals. I filmed a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's where we first met, man. Well, where we first? I don't know. Maybe not when we first met, but when we first started working together. Yeah. You know, yeah. now that I think about it, that could be nice to have. Yeah. A, a video of like you know, in memory of. It was. Exactly. It was. It was cool. Like, it was we, cool. We. I think maybe you were the one that filmed. They had people that were like walking in, and you could leave like a 15, 30 Little, second like message clip or whatever. And he was oh, filming that, awesome. and then we filmed the actual like funeral. So hey, yeah, you need a funeral slideshow. You need a funeral recap. <laughs> film lab. Film lab is your. <laughs> we're your people. Um, well, well, I think today we kind of wanted to talk about content creation because yeah. that's what I do, baby. We are noticing a trend. Not a trend, a shift. A trend would be temporary. A shift is permanent. Mm. And uh, the importance of content when it comes to advertising, marketing, yeah. growing a brand, a company. Um, so I mean, that's 
why we have you yeah. today. Well, and I think with, yeah, and I think it comes from this huge shift in AI and also the platforms themselves are getting more or less easier to use and tracking is becoming harder to do and mm-hmm. will be increasingly harder to do with new privacy laws with cookies being eliminated. Maybe if that ever happens, Google keeps pushing that back. Um, but it content will be the only thing in the future, you know, that yeah. will help you stand out. So we wanted to talk about that today and just kind of get your perspective on it as a creator and what you're seeing when you're working with brands and maybe give some creative advice to agencies that don't have that as part of their repertoire. Absolutely. Now. So when it comes to working with the biggest brands in the world, pretty much, let's talk about like Sephora, for example, what are they hiring you guys to do? Like, what are these big brands hiring you to do? What kind of content is it? Because as small brands, we want to maybe follow the direction that these big brands are approaching. See, what's interesting is the big brands are actually trying to pattern after the small brands. So what Sephora, they hired us to do was we filmed with Sarah Highland, the daughter from Modern Family. That was fun. Yeah. Um, and she basically was telling the story of her brand. So it's very like high level, you know, very branded, um, very high quality type of content that just gives like an overarching feel for the story of the brand, what the purpose of their product is, stuff like that. And then what they wanted to do is they wanted to start cutting down and cutting down these these longer pieces that we created to create more sure. social content and short form stuff. And it was so interesting because right when it was past just the, how do we present this brand, make it feel really luxury, elegant, but also accessible, you know, trying yeah. to play both sides of the coin. Then once it started getting to, okay, how do we actually cultivate community? How, how do we actually generate buzz? That's where they started being lost. And that's where they started referencing smaller brands who are doing it right. I um, just- Yeah, I just met with a woman who is the VP of partnerships for like the largest, um, is it out of home agent brand, like agency in the world, you know, out of home marketing. Uh It's Uh essentially like it's billboards, it's in-person experience. It's basically out of home marketing. I thought you were talking about like a business name. No, no, you're talking about out of home marketing. Yeah, Yeah, the whole industry itself. Okay. I was like, you guys are marketers. Like, what? No, well, but no, you said that. And the way you said that, I was like, are you talking about a brand? Or are yeah, you talking about like- that was poorly like, delivered. You're, but no, no, you're no. good. Essentially, yeah, there's an agency. <laughs> I can't remember their name. But I mean, these people, they they do all the stuff for McDonald's, Skims, United yeah. Airlines, Chick-fil-A, all, all the biggest brands you could possibly think of. And what yeah. she was telling me is, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to get from the traditional billboard stuff or big, you know- TV commercials on broadcast, we don't know how to start dialing it back and actually build a community on social. We don't know how to actually engage an audience and create loyalty from following. We're just we're just the biggest name, so people buy from us, but they're not especially loyal to us and we're not really connecting with them. So we don't actually know what we're doing, which is kind of funny. So well, the smaller be a brands hard are doing spot right. to be in. Like yeah. I, the, I see that uh that pain point because mm-hmm. yeah. In my eyes, yep. like these small brands are building based off of community and these big brands are like trying to get community where really people are just buying Sephora because it's right next to the Apple store and yeah. exactly. what they're used to. And like, I think 
the smaller brands, because the reason they're innovating so much is they have a lack of options. You know, they don't yeah. have just stupid, they can't throw millions of dollars into these campaigns. Like no. they have to figure out how do we tell our story? How do we showcase our product in a way that is first of all affordable and something that's actually achievable for us because we can't get Victoria's Secret models and, you know, the, the guy who filmed the last Avengers movie, whatever. You know, we can't have the top talent yeah. in every shot that we're doing and peace out putting out. A lot more creative. Yeah. And we got to get more creative. So Sephora was like, we want to build community and seem approachable by using Sarah Highland. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And Sarah, Sarah was super cool. Sarah, She's Sarah, I think Sarah's probably I, I liked a great her. person She to does use. seem approachable for a celebrity. Like, yeah, yeah she, gets she was great. And it was for Sarah's brand, right. which is yeah. source. So it like worked, but it was so interesting. Right. When it got down to how do we make this short form content? They were lost. They were just like lost. Yeah. Huh. Which is so, which is interesting. Why? Well, and I think we're, we are seeing that. I think we are seeing also brands that are totally leaning into it and doing a really good job. Big brands. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the latest example is like the Grimace shake trend yep, with, McDonald's, with McDonald's. Right. And that just blew up. And there, there was a, there was an agency that was tasked and I can't remember the name of it that was tasked with that campaign. Um, and did a obviously an ex- excellent job with it, but they even themselves admitted like they didn't ever foresee it blowing up, and they also didn't. They just took advantage of the situation, basically, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it it worked really really well for McDonald's, and I think McDonald's and Coca Cola and two of like the biggest more or less food brands in the world, some of the biggest brands in the world in general, are doing a good job with it. Yeah. But I think there's others that aren't and there's the reason why smaller brands can uh can exceed is because of that personal brand aspect mm-hmm. right the, the founders can actually put their face out there and it's going to make sense and resonate with people where that's not so much the case with like mcdonald's or with you know maybe sephora yeah. right but i mean for example i i think story is what draws people in and what what brings massive loyalty i read phil knight's book shoe dog I don't know if you guys. Oh my gosh, one of my favorites. I mean, this guy is lying to his bank and saying that the (laughs) product is coming from China or wherever it was already. It was already shipped and on its way, and then he's going to his manufacturers in you know Asia saying, "Oh yeah, the money's coming. Just send it." And he's just trying to get by. And I was like, I've never related to somebody so much, (laughs) right? Um, But you know, there's that story and this human that I'm now connected with. Right. And I don't know if you guys saw the recent movie Air. Oh, yeah. yeah they did, right? So with good. Michael Jordan, right? Now you are connected to this brand because there are stories. You understand the struggle. It's humanized. And now they're the underdogs who are now like the top dogs, let's be yeah, honest. Right. But knowing that story made you connected with them. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm so bought in. And yeah, we're, yeah. We're totally. wearing Nikes right now, dude. We're both wearing Air Max 90s. And I have. Probably fifty other person. I'm not wearing Nikes today. Yeah, come to our you office. You got Kizik's. Um, shout I'm, out. I'm a this huge guy has Nike so many fan. Nikes. Yeah, um, it's probably because they have a size 15. It's the only thing I can actually <laughs> wear. Um, <laughs> but but Mitch, though, like I think you have a good point about where things are heading mm-hmm. right now. Um, what what's been some like trends that you're seeing right now with with short form yeah, that you guys are kind of like, how are you delivering stuff in this newish format? Cause you're also out. good at it. Like you're doing it yourself. Yeah. You're, you're oh, kind of setting that tone. That's nice. And, and I still, I look at my content and I'm like, I'm just, I'm just saying things sometimes, you know, that's like top of mind, whatever. Yeah. I'm not being as intentional as I want. 
You know, if I were if I were to get more intentional, I think the brands that are doing the best are they're telling the story and the the format of a good story. This comes from Matthew Dix. He wrote Story Worthy, and he's a very incredible storyteller. He tells stories on the moth and has won a bunch of Grand Slams. He's great. But the pattern for a good story is I was once this way, or I once thought this way, or the world was once this way. Then something happened or some stuff happened, and now I am this way. Or now I think this way, I see the world this way. And when you can have it in kind of that three-step formula where you paint the picture of this is how it was, something happened, and now it's this way, and you can articulate that very quickly, very concisely, but in a way that's connecting with people, that's where you're going to win. Transformation. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And just showing that change. Because again, people have probably been stuck in that same mindset or that same perspective. You know, why, why are you know, weight loss transformation is so exciting to all of us, right? That's and literally you, where my mind went. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, right? Sure. You see you see somebody who is, you know, overweight and not feeling happy about what they are, they're depressed, whatever. And whether it was like a ritual experience where he's walking up his stairs at 40 and yeah. has to stop halfway. So glad yeah. you know that story. <laughs> I actually read Finding Ultra because you bought it for me. Oh my gosh, I did? That's you right. did. Oh, nice. You're a good, That's you're a good right. dude. I love that book. Yeah, but, I do yeah. too. But he stops midway up the stairs, gasping out of breath, and Realizes then gets to the top to and he realizes he needs to change his life. And yeah. so he- a story arc. Yeah. He, he becomes vegan. He does these things and then eventually becomes an Ultraman and is an incredible individual, yeah. right? But he was this way. He had this moment of realization. He made some changes yeah. and now he's this way. It's a powerful story. Well, it's like, yeah. it's like the inspiring recovery story too. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Sobriety. Well, on st story brand, and you're probably familiar with story brand, mm -hmm. Donald Miller. And he, that's his, that's his kind of like, uh, I think he really coined that phrase. I think he's even trademarked it because I think it's his thing and his <laughs> book is called the story brand, but it, it's the same framework. And we see it not only I mean, that comes from literature. That's that. I mean, th we're talking thousands of years. We're talking yep. the oldest stories Jesus. out there. Jesus, the Bible, or the underdog, um, right? The transformation is um, it's innate with us. It's very, it's very human mm -hmm. to want to, I think, be better and transform. And we're all inspired by transformation, and that can be. Uh, as a, as a person that can be as a product that can be as a service and you've got to be able to tell effective stories to sell all three of those things yeah. so maybe give us some advice because one thing we suck at right now is producing content for ourselves that is like structured in a way that i think is valuable currently like yeah. we're doing a podcast we're and this is great posting on linkedin every now and then with no format or you know Strategy thought process. We have uh, one of our team members is posting short clips from our podcast every day. But like, in your opinion, what would be, if you were to give us a strategy, what would, how would you put piece that together off the top of your head? Yeah. Well, I think what really helps is to have a fresh pair of eyes. I really think that. So what I've been doing for my own brand is I brought on somebody who knows me very well because they've followed me for a long time. Um, his name's Austin Brady, shout out my guy, but he, Austin. he comes in and he's like, cause to me, I'm so used to my story. My story feels yeah. like old news. The things I'm doing every day don't feel interesting anymore. I've just become a little disillusioned with it because it's the same it's the stuff table. you do right. every day. And so yeah. when he comes in and he's like, bro, like, look at your gear. This is so, you have a red monstro. 
and you have these cinema lenses yeah. and you have this and think about your story with selling route or, you know, this or that. He's now putting to new into new light the experiences that I'm having and and making me realize, okay, what we're doing is cool. It is interesting yeah. and it is valuable to other people. So step one, I think you guys are just so used to what you're doing every day that you probably need somebody with a fresh perspective. Like me, bro, I could talk your ear off about how cool what you guys are doing is. You know, you're showing, hired. showing your team members, done, that's what I wanted. Okay, we'll send a done. contract boom, over done. after. Boom, boom. Yeah, but it's like having a fresh set of eyes to say what is truly interesting, what's exciting about what you're doing and helping capture that and identify that is, I think, a really key and important step. The other thing is having some vulnerability, right? Yeah. Because some of the best things I have done for my brand is when I have gotten on Instagram and I've said, our business almost went under last December because we had no money to meet payroll. And I had yeah. to take out a $25,000 loan to meet payroll. And we had no, yeah. we had no idea if this was going to work out. And so we threw everything at the wall. I created, we created our show reel. We started, um, you know, doing a newsletter. We started doing all the things that we knew we were supposed to. And then, you know, it worked out, but the story and being vulnerable and the times where I've opened up, whether it's a mental health thing, whether it's me letting go of my health, physically, whether it's our company almost going over, whether it's bad management on my part or just bad economic circumstances. When I've shared that, the people get invested. They're cheering for you. And yeah. when the successes and, op and things come, they're, they're just that much more invested, that much yeah. more excited. And so your guy's story right? With you making, you know, cutting yourselves checks for 700 bucks a month to cover your rent at the beginning, like that is inspiring, especially when you yeah. contrast it with what you're accomplishing. Now you have multiple team members, you have a beautiful space, you're servicing hundreds of other businesses, right? Like that is something so cool. And so I think context is really important. Mm, I like, I like that. that. We so can be better. How would you, <laughs> where would you post? How would you format? Like now that say there's this story that we put together. Yes, sir. Then where would you take it? So I think it depends on your goals. Like for you guys, right? You're, you're utilizing working with businesses. You, you give your services to other businesses. So I think for example, LinkedIn, you guys focusing there totally makes sense. And I think a lot of people get content overwhelmed with like, I have to post on you long form YouTube, YouTube shorts, TikTok, Instagram. I probably should be doing some sort of a newsletter or a blog. I've got LinkedIn, all that stuff. And there are obviously strategies and ways you can cut things down and you can format things to be able to, you know, Work properly distribute. But I think more than just trying to hit every single platform, do one right. And once you do that right and it's becoming more of a muscle memory and you have a process, then you can start moving on to others. So, for example, yeah. LinkedIn, that's where you guys are leaning into. That's where I know both of you have gotten a lot of reach. But Shane, you've really popped off a few times, which yeah. is really, really cool. Um, but I think leaning into that and making sure, okay, how are we telling our story? How are we giving value? And how are we trying to hook and bring these people in to convert them into clients or whatever it is? And again, it depends on your goals then I think LinkedIn's a great place to start. But then from there, if you want to start going outside, like I know, Shane, you're looking at starting a product company. Well, if you want to start a product company, you want to probably move to a different platform, I think, because your consumers or the people who are going to be buying it are probably on TikTok, probably on Instagram, 
It's going to be the people who are health conscious, you know, whatever. I won't get into your product, but (laughs) you know, it's like, that is going to be really important. So depending on what your goals are is going to determine your platform and also what's going to be easy for you to pull off. In your, in your process, what's the first thing you do to like work or iterate your idea to then turn that into a video? Yeah. I mean, I think it comes in a variety of ways, right? Whether it's just, I'm looking, I, I'm ex- currently experiencing something. I'm building a deck. I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. You know, cause yeah. for me, my goal is to build a community of creatives for a number of reasons. One, we're going to be starting to sell digital assets and products to them because we have authority. You guys are going to crush that. Thank yeah. you. We, we like to utilize a network of creatives to fulfill on other projects with um, clients, people that we're working with. Yep. And also if, if people perceive me as an authority on the subject, other brands are going to be like, okay, well we want to work with him because he obviously knows what he's doing and look at their work. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how we go about it. But inspiration for me comes in a lot of different directions, whether it's like, yeah, okay, I'm working on this, this deck, this could be very valuable information or a great tool for another creative to use. Yeah. And this could help them win more business or, or, you know, maybe we're cutting up a cool video that we're doing and, you know, I'm like, okay, we could cut this down and showcase how we actually pulled this off and what we did. So, you know, I think the inspiration kind of comes from everywhere. I think it's more about understanding who your audience is and wanting to serve them and wanting to bring them value And when I have that in the back of my brain, as I'm doing the things I'm already doing every day, then the ideas and the inspiration come. So for you guys, you are also entrepreneurs. You're not just marketers, you're entrepreneurs. And so you understand the pain points of other entrepreneurs. And so as you're going about and experiencing pain points and difficult things or, or positive things or whatever in your story as entrepreneurs, you know, you're going to all of a sudden have content ideas and thoughts and things that will be very relatable or very valuable or helpful to other people. And so I think when you kind of have identified them and have that in your mind, the ideas just flow naturally. And then from there, it's just, okay, how do I make this somewhat of a script or have some sort of format? How do I film this in a way that's creative? How do I make sure it's going to be short, snappy, but still bring value? And then also how am I tailoring this to the platform I'm actually trying to share it. Mm. And and again, I'm just, I'm speaking, yeah. I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah. You guys know this. No, no, no you're <laughs> not preaching to the choir at all. This, this is, is awesome. all like, no, yeah. this is all exactly what we need. I appreciate that. Um, on that note then, let's, let's talk a little bit about your story. Cause I'd hate to get like too into the weeds of everything <laughs> about how you're helping us. I mean, send us an invoice because that is everything that we need to be doing. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I owe you guys a lot. So <laughs> no, yeah. I got it. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to like your story, I, I do think it would be awesome to get some of that. Uh, For sure. Like almost. how did like, so how one, when did you decide to become a creator? When was that shift from like, I like doing this and now I, maybe I can make money doing this. Wait, and I literally have no idea what you did before you got into Dude, this. I did, did you go to school? I did everything. I went to school, yeah. had a had a scholarship to BYU, great school, but eventually I wasn't going to class and they asked me to leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're In like, short, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, basically they're like, hey, you should leave. So, I left um, BYU, much to my parents' dismay. 
Um, oh. But they're they're still supportive. You can know, you've your got mom, great parents. Man. I know. I can like, imagine that conversation them, right? with your but mom. But can you tell me how BYU asked you to leave? Uh, basically, they called me into their office and they said, "Hey, so it looks like you're on average, you know, just not attending, not attending at all." And uh, you know, the classes and the tests that you actually are taking or assignments you are fulfilling your grades are trash, man. <laughs> so they're like, your GPA is plummeting. And before we have to like actually kick you out, we're going to put you on a one-year probation. So you have to leave for a year. And then if you want to come back, like we'll give you a second shot to be able to get it back. But at that point I was like, okay, do I want to go to class or do I want to go to California and film a music video for, you know, 1500 bucks or whatever. Right. It yeah. was like, I knew where I wanted to go. And yeah. I kind of had this transformative moment where I was going to the advertising program. I had this whole plan set out. I'm like, I like people. I like selling things like that. that yeah, could be cool. ad program is pretty rigorous. Yeah, too. and their, their ad program is great. Yeah. And I'm talking to the, this guy at some sort of convention and I was like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm taking all the prerequisites. Like I'm going to apply to the program um, next semester. And he was like, He's like, so yeah, dude, that's so great. We have all these connections. You go through the program, you'll meet all these people. And eventually, you know, we'll place you inside of a great agency. And it's gonna be awesome. And I was like, well, hold up, man. I'm only going to school so I can learn the skills, meet the people. And then I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. Like I'm going to go create my own thing. I don't want to do that. And he was like, no, dude, we're all about job placement. I'm like, well, okay, if that's what you want, then like, I'm not interested. I'm I'm out. And so it was kind of like them asking me to leave and me realizing even if I went back, right it now. wouldn't, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't help me do what I want to. So I left, but. So then you started to do freelance work. Yeah. I started doing freelance work. I dabbled. I tried to start a nonprofit with my friends and about, you know, getting out of addiction and anti-drugs and stuff like that. Uh, we did pretty well. We spoke at some schools. It was cool. cool. But, um, you know, from there, <laughs> failure after failure, I won't even get into how badly that ended. I've got a bunch of those yeah. too. I get it. So a lot of different experiences where I really struggled and I was kind of just like, this creative guy, I was just kind of filming things, you know, for the, for, for kicks, not really like being very intentional about it. I was probably pulling in between two or three grand a month. Okay. Okay. I'll wrap it up. We're give us like five minutes. Yeah. I was probably pulling in like two or three grand a month. Wasn't really taking it seriously, but at that point, I met my wife and there's nothing like a, a wonderful girl that's going to make you be like, okay, I got to rethink my <laughs> life and see if I'm going to like yeah. actually take this seriously. So from yeah. there, I started a production company, Avenue Film Co. We obviously use you guys to help us with, you know, ads and things like that, marketing, social stuff, which was so great, by the way. Um, then with COVID, we ended up being in kind of like a precarious, stressful spot. We got an offer to be acquired by Route. And I went into Route, we sold our company, went into Route full-time, where I was kind of the director of media and content, which was really cool. It was a great experience to go from like bootstrapping your own business, having yeah. a handful of employees to being part of like a billion dollar tech company, you know, hundreds of employees yeah. and having your own small part to play and learning how important specialization is and you know, cross departmental communication, what these Processes. brands exactly what these brands actually lot, need. Probably some structure. That oh, you yeah. didn't really have before, and there there is a lot to learn still there. You know, yeah, it was so. it was embarrassing to be revealed like how <laughs> how like little we actually knew. We were just good at filming cameras yeah. and uh, good at making people feel like we do a good job for and them. Route was cool because it gave you it, it definitely gave you a lot of access. Mm-hmm. I felt like and gave you access to all of their customers, and their yep. customer base was massive. 
and it was all econ. Yeah. It was all econ based. So it, it really, it was a good catalyst for you guys. It was huge. And obviously having people like believe in us enough to want to acquire a company, offer us really solid salaries. When we were yeah. going to leave, they offered us an absurd of amount of money to stay. Yeah. It was very validating and like helped us feel like, okay, we're actually onto something here. We've got yeah. some value to bring. And so from there, I was only there 13 months because again, that entrepreneurial pull, right? Once you've worked for yourself, once you've been able to kind of steer the ship, even yeah. if it means you're going to be broke and stressed all the time, you still, for some reason, crave it, right? Yeah. You guys know the feeling. But also I feel like someone like you who is an entrepreneur is going to learn so quickly. Yeah. Like when you go work for a, a legit massive company. Yeah, so you like, go in-house. You go, mm -hmm. you build Avenue Film Co. as this media company and then you go in-house and you just absorb everything so quickly. You probably learn 10 times faster than someone mm -hmm. who's there to just press buttons for 20 years. That's true. Yeah. So like you absorb over 13 months and then boom, you start Film Lab. And how much do you feel like, that how much helped. more confident were you in Film Lab compared to Avenue Film Co. because of those 13 months. Yeah. I mean, we were extremely confident when we left <laughs> because it's like, all right. Yeah. If somebody thought we were cool enough to like bring in house and I've now worked with massive creatives, other brand, like really cool brands. And then you, you actually realize nobody knows what they're doing. Like, you know, it, we literally had this conversation the other day. It, it is, it is mind boggling, especially I feel like in probably the agency world, when you work with a lot of different brands and different right. industries, and if you're not specialized, and it is mind blowing to me how much uh, it's like every week I talk to somebody, I'm like, you, you really don't know what you're doing too. And it like, and I'm like, how does the world continue to operate? <laughs> how do all of these people still have jobs? How are their businesses running? Dude, even the government's like, just like throwing it together. <laughs> it's true. Especially it's, the government. Is, dude. They're a master class on not knowing what they're doing. It's crazy, but it's also, it's also good to realize. And yep. it is like, it's a little bit of like, Hey, like, we're probably doing something right because it seems like things are going right when maybe other people aren't doing so well. So it's a good confidence boost sometimes. Yeah. And it's a realization like it's okay that you don't know, like yeah. that you don't know things. There are other people you're going to rub shoulders with who know things that you don't know and you're going to be able to learn and scratch each other's backs and work together. But at the end of the day, yeah, nobody knows really what they're doing and that's okay. And it's in the process of actually doing and taking action that you are going to figure it out and you can't overanalyze and theorize and just plan and try to process how things could work out. At the end of the day, you just have to, you just have to send it. You just have to yeah. go out there, commit to the process, commit to the path and, and work. And you're going to have a lot of problems along the way, but that's where you learn. And that's like probably very similar to your guys' story. I think my success has, how, however small it may be, has really come from being tenacious. I'm a bulldog. Yeah. I bit into something, I locked my jaw, and I'm hanging on for dear life. And there's a lot of other people <laughs> that I have, that I think are better than me, that I think are more talented than me, that had better connections than me, whatever, who got tired, who got worn out, who yeah. eventually bowed out or left the industry or, you know, copped out in some other way and all up to them. Maybe they just had another path and that's fine. Yeah. But I've just outlasted everybody else. Yeah. And so what happens when you have been doing it for a long time, you failed a lot and you've outlasted everybody else. Eventually you're going to find yourself closer to the top than you could have thought. So where are you at now with film lab? 
now that you've had this experience with Route and this experience with Avenue Film Co., obviously that is uh, enough data to understand that you've been a bulldog, right? Like you are yeah. working constantly to try and build this this business. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it wasn't all smooth sailing because you, you know how it is. When you can get a little big for your britches, you're like, hey, I just learned all this cool stuff. I see how it's done right. You can actually start overthinking things, right? Yeah. Back in the day when I had like no ego, I really didn't know how to build anything. I mean, when we started Avenue, we literally like <laughs> made a Squarespace website <laughs> and we took I remember that our, website. Yeah, yeah, we took our best clips, put I them together. I think still on that website. Are you? Like, you still pay for it? I think yeah. I still have access for it. Probably. You should sign them back up. Yeah, let's let's bring it back, you know. But <laughs> anyway, like we made this little website. We were so proud of it. And we literally texted a little clip of our reel to all of our friends and said, will you post this on your story? And that's how we launched, right? We didn't yeah. really overthink it. I literally had a logo that Chelsea Anderton <laughs> had, that, that had, had designed for yeah. me. Um, and, you know, from there we just History. started. But this time with Film Lab, we overthought everything, right? Because like, oh, well, okay, we did that last time, but now we're going to be even more premium. Now we're going to be even better than we were. And we got a little big for our britches. So the way we wanted to approach it was, okay, we're going to spend a ton of money on our brand. So we spent like 8K on our brand and our website, which 100% worth it. Invest in branding beyond anything else. Yeah. It is so big. It's got, and your product's got to be good too, but having good branding yeah. made a huge difference for us. But we spent all this time doing this and then we had all these grandiose ideas for how are we going to actually approach this on socials? How are we going to start letting people know what we're doing? And so we put, we posted our first little post and it just said <laughs> film lab loading. And it sat there for nine months without a follow-up post at all because we were just like- I remember this yeah, as well. Yeah, we were like, oh, we got to come out there and it's got to just shake the earth, right? We got to one-up what we did at Avenue. It was all about yeah. launch. Yeah, it was all about the launch and it was all about the perception and all that stuff. And what we did is it stopped us from actually just executing. executing. Just actually yeah. putting it out there. And you know what happened? Yes, we were able to- because I was still posting on my socials. Um, I had a business partner at the time, Jackson, who was also posting on his, right? But- so we were still getting jobs, but it got to the point where we had no work coming in really at all. And we started getting really stressed. And I was like, bro, we haven't even launched our brand yet. Like we haven't even like really pushed out and promoted our website. We haven't been showing our work and uh, it's done is better than perfect. We've got 80% yeah. of the way there. Yes, it's maybe not exactly how we want it, but let's just put it out there. And we put it out there and immediately opportunities started coming in. I started leaning into my own personal brand and really executing on creating content every day, showcasing and telling our story, showing our work, how we're pulling off what we're doing, showcasing what we're doing for other clients. And as it, it's crazy, when we started actually posting, we actually started sharing what we were doing. We dramatically increased in our revenue. The inquiries that were coming in were just getting better and better and better, where before we were just hoping it would work out and just believing that maybe the stars will align and we'll be able to figure it out to launch how we want to. But we just had to put our ego aside. And once we did that, start taking off. I remember you and I having a conversation like you, you were like, I've just been grinding on TikTok. <laughs> You're just like, I'm just posting every single day. Some things are getting views. Some things aren't getting views, but like, I'm going to dedicate like my time to like actually posting creative content every single day yep. and you stuck with it on Instagram and, and tech talk and it's taken off for you. 
Yeah, I mean, I went from 60,000 followers on Instagram. Now I'm at 120, you know. Yeah. Wait, really? Later, nine months yeah. later. Yeah. Dude, I'm honored to be in your presence. <laughs> I didn't know I was in a six-figure Instagram presence. I, I, can, I can point you to like 5,000 other people who have more than me, but I appreciate that. You know, on TikTok, I got like 27K, which is, which is cool. But, you know, what really, the only monetization I really wanted to have was more inquiries and more opportunities, yeah. Yeah. which it worked. And you guys have built a really, I think, a really cool... Um, I mean, you've all, even before Film Lab, when it was Mitchell Thane, like you had a big, more or less creative following yeah. uh, of, of amazing creators and that you've only continued to grow that. And well, yourself included. That's how yeah, we met. That's how speed. we met. Yeah. Um, like how, how do you see that evolving as you get older? I know that's kind of a weird question because yeah. we're all pretty young, right? But I think like, <clears throat> um, like influencers, you get to a point where you're like, Maybe I should be. Maybe I should do something else, or maybe I need to do something else with my content or whatever. How do you see that evolving in the next, you know, I don't know, 10, yeah, for sure. 10, 15 years? I mean, right now it's a lot of education. It's a lot of like showcasing flashy things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think really, I love education. I love mentorship. Literally, probably the area I get the most fulfillment is finding somebody who has the drive, who has the passion, who wants to take it to the next step. And I've made all the mistakes. I mean, we haven't even covered 1% of the mistakes and failures I have experienced. But I've made so many, I've been able to learn so much. So if I can come in and say, hey, you got the passion, you've got a couple of the pieces, let me fill in some of the gaps for you and like lay out a path that you could pursue and you could follow and watch what it does for you. And so I love that. And I whether that be in creativity, whether that be in business, I would love to get and do more and more mentorship. And then, I mean, professionally, I want to film the movie someday. So mm, yeah, that'd that's, be really that's cool. a dream. Yeah, that's right? the dream. Yeah, yeah, well, 100%. As a DP, you know. Of course. <laughs> oh, that'd be epic. Well, and I know we talked about Rich Roll earlier and look at someone like him who's mm-hmm. in his mid-50s and he didn't peak until he was in his 40s when it came to being a content creator. Right. Yeah. So there's all this opportunity as long as you're approaching it from the angle you are approaching it, which is uh, I'm someone that can be trusted as a, a voice of education, right? Instead of like, oh, I'm young and funny and making funny videos. Like you're doing something of real value mm-hmm. for your community. Yeah. And that stands the test of time no matter what, you know? I appreciate that. And I think too, Things change. I have no idea yeah. in five, 10 years what I'm going to be wanting to do. You know, I started out as like a kind of portrait photographer guy and that was like a travel guy. And then my Instagram was basically dominated by me being in love with my wife, <laughs> you know, and, and, and whatever. So it's like continue to develop and change. And so five years, 10 years, I don't really have a plan. And I think that's okay because people are, we're constantly evolving. We're yeah. multifaceted individuals. Yes. People might look at my Instagram and be like, oh, he's a film boy, but you know, there's going to be, there's more and more elements that I'm introducing, whether it's things with my family, things with my like philosophy or things that I believe or that are important to me, um, entrepreneurship, maybe my health journey that I'm, I'm sharing. So really wherever it's going is going to be whatever I'm actually Mm. doing with my life. And I think people, if they are tied into you and care about you, it doesn't matter if I start a product company in a month, they'll be interested and want to follow. And that's, and that's the beauty of community. And we see that with like influencers, uh, that have built, you know, massive brands, mm-hmm. Logan Paul and KSI Insane. and prime Mr. Beast and his like half dozen other like product companies he started and, and grown. And that's the new, the influencer 
product economy now, you know? Yeah. So like, I mean, what's on your radar then next? Cause I know you've got stuff. What's on your radar then of like what you're going to do next? I mean, I think next step is digital assets because I mean, I've made, you know, brand templates like for pitch decks, things like that. Lots coloring presets, things like that, um, that we've talked about online education or workshops is really interesting. Cause again, I've never sold anything other than my services, services. and my time. So figuring out how to actually monetize and, and productize something is I think a really important next step for yeah. me in digital assets. You make them once you sell them forever. So I'm really interested in that from there. I would love to get into like making something physical, like, being a digital guy, I want to make something like analog tangible. and real and tangible, yeah. right? So like just having a film lab shirt, like I'm so proud of it. I'm, it's yeah. just something that's real. And so eventually, whatever it is, I'd love to get into something physical, but yeah, that's awesome. not sure yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so speaking of film lab and how it's all been roses and butterflies and there hasn't been a single issue, oh, right? So easy, bro. Um, no issues. I think uh, that uh, so many people look at a business, for example, Amazon or mm -hmm. Tesla, these brands that you look at them now and you're like, wow, this person just built this amazing product and they're just so successful and they killed it, but they don't see the come up, right? So Film Lab, you came into this thinking, we're going to be much better about it this time. We're going to invest in brand. We're going to do all these things. We're going to do it right. But what really happened along the way? Like what was the journey of Film Lab yeah. as far as uh, getting to where you are now, which is still growing, right? Like we're all still growing our businesses that we're not at the end. We're not chilling on yachts or anything. Yeah, no, sir. So what is the, uh, <laughs> I mean, I did for a couple of days in the Bahamas, which is oh, cool. Yeah, great project. Cool video, great project. I thought you were making a call cool. out to that. Oh my cool gosh. Video, I forgot about that. Thank yeah. you. But no, like, yeah, to, to your point, it has not been an easy road. You know, I started film lab leaving route with a business partner, Jackson, my guy who I'd done everything with for years. Yep. After a year, he was so burnt out. So tired. I mean, you guys know yeah, agency and service-based business is very difficult, right? And especially what we do, art is extremely subjective, right? And so, yes, there are things where it is about conversion and the ads and stuff like that. And like the numbers don't lie, but there's so much room for interpretation yeah. in so many other aspects of what we do and how we approach things that, you know, sometimes we can make the best video in the world and the client's not happy about it or, yep. you know, Sometimes we'll make something that we're not stoked on, but it, apparently it works really well, you know? So it's, it's a really tiring and exhausting process. And so he got tired and he got burnt out and we were sitting in this exact room. I was in Dan's chair. Jackson <laughs> was sitting right here and it got to the point where after talking and I could just feel there was some disconnect and he wasn't as involved. I felt like I was kind of pulling him along. And again, all of Jackson, most awesome business partner. Mm -hmm. He was great, but it got to the point where I was like, okay, and I, I said, it was like, Jackson, do you want to be here? Like, is this something that you really want to do? Because I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah. Like, I'm in this for the next half decade at least, you know? So if you're ready to move forward with me for the next five, 10 years, whatever, let's go make something amazing. But right now, I'm not feeling that energy back from you. Yeah. And he was like, honestly, he's like, I'm just I'm super loyal to you and I love you. Yeah. And so that's why I've stuck around, but I'm done. I'm tired. I don't know what I want to do, but I need to do something else. And so he left. And, you know, since then he's built and been building a really cool sauna business. It's very premium, very cool. But oh, it is so cool. I love yeah. It. New primitive, <clears throat> new primitive, yeah. go follow. It's great. But with that, with him leaving, he had to take some clients. 
had to take gear because he had to keep the lights on for himself, right? But with that, I was left with all the overhead of the employees, uh, a reduced clientele list, um, less gear. Um, right when that happened, um, we had Black Friday, which was great. Um, it took us like eight months to get paid by a couple of people <laughs> from Black Friday. Oh it was God. terrible. The tech economy started falling apart, so they yeah. laid off the world, you know. Yeah. And e-commerce and tech were kind of our two main things. And so once Black Friday was over, e-commerce was snoozing for the next couple months. Um, like, tech, you know, wasn't doing – if they were firing everybody and laying them off, they definitely weren't, like, you know, using us to make videos. Yeah. And so it became, like, a very financial stress, financially stressful situation. And what was good about it, though, and what was great is now it was just me steering the ship. You know, Jackson mm -hmm. had left and I had Mike on as a minority partner. He wasn't full time. He was just part time at this point. And we had our great team, but we started, we ran out of things to do. We had no money. We had no projects coming in. And it was yeah. kind of like a, here's our last shot to see if we can make this work. But if we don't start getting money in, first of all, I'm going to have to call everybody and say, sorry, I can pay you one more time. And then I'm out of money. But when it got to that point, I had to literally take a loan out. As I referenced earlier, I had to take a $25,000 loan out to pay payroll and just make it for that week. But we planned everything out and we threw everything we could at the wall and we told our story. And I was very open about what was going on and what was happening. And it's not like people saw that and they're like, oh, I feel bad for Mitch and Filmlap. Let's give him a $10,000 contract or work. But it did create awareness and it created loyalty, which impacted a lot of people, which was really cool. Well, it's like Nike when they were the underdogs, yep. right? It's yeah. the same situation. Like we didn't all start buying Nikes because we felt bad for them. Yeah. Like we wanted the underdog to succeed. That was the Michael Jordan legacy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And sometimes you need to hit <laughs> you need to hit rock bottom mm -hmm. to be motivated. Some people aren't motivated by that and would just give up. And I would say that's probably the majority of people at that point said, eh, you know, this is not for me and I'm done. But you stuck with it. You persisted. And I think that it says a lot about you. It says a lot about moving forward. Right. And keep it I going. appreciate that. And you guys were therapy for me. I mean, we, we <laughs> talked around that yes. time and, you know, you guys being able to say, hey, look, we've been there. There's, this is this is business this is struggle, whatever. Yeah. But that's yeah. OK. And luckily, I've got a great business partner, Mike, incredible team. And when that pressure came, we all performed. So what was it then? Like, I mean, if our business got to that point where it's like, hey, we got one more payroll before we got to shut things down. I don't know what I do, but. I figure I would try and scramble to get new customers and bring stuff on. But like, yep. how did you guys get customers? I mean, customers came down to, we spent basically the entire month of December creating our show reel, which was, is, is essentially a compilation of all of our best, best shots yeah. and best work all in a, you know, two minute video. We put that together. We put it out on January 3rd. I literally, I made payroll. Uh, I think it was like, December 29th or whatever. And we were out oh, of money. And at Christmas? Yep. We were out of money. <sighs> so January 3rd, we posted it. And I was posting like an ins insane amount. Yeah, like just, talking about what we're doing, showing yep. our work, building a pipe for the reel, launching the reel. A bunch of awesome supportive people shared it. And that's why you tell your story. So that when you put out a great piece of work, yeah. you have hundreds of people share it you know, it's going to attract new clients and opportunities. 
right after that, we had a connection with the Utah Jazz. We lined up something for the Utah Jazz, which was going to help us get to the end of January. And then we found out about a couple of other opportunities that would barely get us through February. And then Sephora and Source came, which was a job that would help us get through yeah. halfway through March. And then, and, and it really snowballing. was just a couple of weeks out at a time. Okay, we got, I mean, it was the, it was the daily bread, it was the daily manna, dude. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was throwing up prayers left and right. I'm a religious Christian, you know, like I was, I was praying, I was posting, I was working my tail off everything we could. And yeah. it was just a couple of weeks out. That was our runway. And then all of a sudden the couple of weeks turned into a month of runway and then it went and then it was like a month and a half of runway. And then, you know, and, and again, it wasn't all easy in April. We had no money. We had to shut things down. We had to freaking lay you guys off as our agency. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, cause we were, we were low on cash. We had to lay off um, a great guy named Sky. You know, there was, there've been hard things since then and there will be hard things continuing out. And, now we're so busy, we have a new set of problems. We don't have enough help or bandwidth and it's and it's difficult. But it's that's what business flows. is. Yeah. yeah. It's Especially it's be able to adapt. Be able yeah. to adapt and be able to stick with it. And so that's kind of like our legacy at the end of the day is like we love what we do. We work extremely hard. We stick with it. And uh if it doesn't work out, that's okay. But so far, it has. Yeah, it has. And we're gonna keep hanging on. Yeah, and the consistency and hard work, like I at least my mindset has always been like I'd always, I would rather fail and say that I didn't do everything I possibly could mm. to make it work than just flat out quit yep. and just give up. You know, that's always been my mentality. That's how I was raised. That's how, like, that's always been my belief. Like, you're just going to work hard and you're going to be consistent and it will pay off, you know. You know what? Seth Rogen was on a podcast recently. And Seth. I love Seth Rogen <laughs> so much. I love every movie he's in. But uh, he was on a podcast and they I can't remember who it was, but they asked him advice for people that uh, want to get into filmmaking or mm. trying. And he said, well, you kind of have two options. <laughs> like one is you try and probably fail or one is you don't try and you definitely fail. Yeah. yeah. Because if you don't try, then there's no opportunity. If you try, at least there's that sliver of hope. And I think it is that month after month of finding that next dollar to, yeah. or that next project uh, to get you by that is what keeps motivating you and keeping you going, right? Discipline 100%. over motivation. If you just keep chugging along, eventually uh, it's gonna, you're gonna get, land that deal. You're gonna get a little bit lucky and things are gonna, gonna last a long time. Yeah, I think sometimes it helps not to look or think too far ahead. Sometimes you just need to focus on what do I need to do today? I need to make that post. I need to follow up with these three people. I need to help fine tune this edit so our current client is happy. Just focus on what's right in front of you and what is the thing that you actually need to do. Because when you're looking too far ahead, you're thinking too far ahead, that's where anxiety lives. And I, I dealt with a lot of that anxiety. But once mm -hmm. I dialed it back and said, all right, Mitch, it's time to take off the visionary hat and put on the execution hat and just focus on what I can control, which is what's right in front of me. And you do that for enough days in a row, enough months in a row, and you have a whole incredible team who's doing that alongside you, all of a sudden the future starts looking a lot more bright. And the road is paved a lot further ahead than you could have imagined, which is extremely helpful. Yeah. Wow, that was That's so well awesome. said. That was <laughs> yeah. amazing. I feel like that is literally the concept of running a marathon, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if you One focus mile at a time. on mile 26 and a half, 
or twenty six point two. Yeah, if you yeah. focus on that at mile one or two, then it's going to be a long day and it's going to be a miserable day. Yep. But if you're just focusing on the next step or the next aid station, then things are going to go a lot better. And I think that you saying I have to take off that visionary hat and put on that executioner hat is something that like once you said that, it made me look back and realize that's kind of what has happened with scroll. All of a sudden we're four years in and I'm like, we're not really talking big picture very often. We're just trying to finish what we have to do that mm-hmm. day. And you don't realize how far you've come until you look back at your revenue and look yeah. back at your team size and where you're at. And you're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like look back. I've ran 25 miles. You had yeah. no idea. Yeah. It didn't the finish even, lines right there. Yeah. It didn't even uh, hit you, even though weirdly in business, there's no finish. There is line. no finish. You no. sell or die. Yeah. yeah. It's very <laughs> two true. options. You sell or die. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's insane. And I think, I think a problem that I had faced early on in my career is I didn't, associate or rub shoulders with other people who are going through what I was going through, right? You guys have a different business, um, s- similar model, but different business than I do. But I, I was kind of isolating and I was alone and it was, it was dark and the mental health, you know, attacks were very prevalent and I'd never experienced mental health issues until I was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I remember a specific day, it was October of 2019 I was working and I was 13 hours into my day. Jackson was right next to me. And I was feeling so overwhelmed and so anxious that I felt almost a physical snap in my brain. Yeah, I I don't know what it was, but I could feel this thing where I used to be able to handle the pressure and it wouldn't get to me. I could continue to perform. But after that second of realization, that thing that happened to me, I felt anxiety. I felt every bit of that weight and that pressure from clients who are needing demanding things, money that wasn't there, whatever it was, I felt that. And that was a very difficult time. And it really wasn't until probably this year where, first of all, I started leading this business the way that I wanted to. But also it was rubbing shoulders and talking with other people who have also dealt with it and been there. My dad is a prime example, incredible Mm. entrepreneur. He's been through a lot. He told me stories of buildings burning down when they had a construction company, buildings burning down that they were building in Salt Lake City. Huge problems, big stress, and how he's able to get through it. Honestly, talking to you guys, we we got food, sushi, you know, being able to hear about the struggles that you guys have experienced, all that stuff, and normalizes it a little bit. And, And again, focusing on, what's right in front of me during the day, getting through it was huge. But I think rubbing shoulders and realizing, no, you are not the only person who has undergone depression or mm-hmm. felt this crushing weight of entrepreneurship. There are other people who you can talk to, who can relate to you, who can give you advice, or if nothing else, a pat on the back and say, dude, just stick it out. It's yeah. going to work out. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurship can be very lonely. It can be very lonely and soul crushing to people that you know, don't reach out, ask for help. And I think at the same time, it's also a very, feel like, masculine thing to not reach out and ask yeah. for help, you know. And you've got to learn to rely on other people. You've got to learn to network. You've got to learn to have mentors and how to find them, how to work with them and 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 help yourself, right? Because otherwise, yeah, it can be completely soul-crushing. You know, and you will probably end up quitting at some point. Yeah. You know, there's only so far you can go on your own. And I do feel like uh, that can happen in any 
phase of life, right? Yeah. Whether you're an entrepreneur, you're working for someone or no matter what your job is, like allowing the pressures of life to take over is when you'll crumble. Mm -hmm. So you got to find a way somehow to be like, and you know what? My, my dad's a good example of this where it's like, there's all these pressures. Everything is pounding down on him, but he'll still go outside and garden for 30 minutes. Cause it's like, Oh, well just got a garden for a minute where me, dude, I'm that way. Like I get a message from a customer I see a bill that declined for one of our customers and all of a sudden it's all I can think about. It's all I can focus on. doesn't matter if I am on a vacation with my wife mm -hmm. or what, like that's the only thing going through my mind or a cuss or yeah. even an employee saying something or having realizing I have to have a hard conversation with an employee and that kind of stuff. It just will eat your soul. Yep. I, I mean, yeah. it does to me all the time. So yeah. um, you're not alone in that. But also employees go through that and everyone does. does. It's the pressures of the world and not single to entrepreneurs, you know. So how, yeah. like how have you been able to pull yourself through it and transformed your, you know, your way through everything the last, you know, couple of years? Yeah. Because everything's mean, perfect now, right? It's yeah. perfect now, and boys. It's not, well, I know it's no. not perfect, but and that's not what I meant. But like, but just how, how are you able to handle it at this point? Yeah. I mean, you guys have probably heard or read about Man Search for Meeting by Viktor mm -hmm. Frankl, right? It's a good book. I have heard of that. Yeah. So Man Search for Meeting, it's about Viktor Frankl, who was a uh, Holocaust. He was in the Holocaust in Auschwitz, okay. I think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he was he was one of the survivors there. And he tells his story of the abuse, of the torment, of the horrible conditions that, that he yeah. witnessed and went through. Yeah, yeah, just just awful things that we can't even comprehend. And his basically his conclusion, and and the the lesson that I drew from it is, you can't control anything in life. The only thing that you have control over is how you react to a situation, and like. How, how you're acting, your, your attitude and your attitude towards it. Right. And for me kind of realizing that I can't control if a client isn't going to pay me or if there's, you know, a ridiculous request that comes in, I can't control if an employee is not going to do their job well or whatever. And, and I really can't control almost anything other than how am I going to react to it? How, what is my attitude about it? And at the end of the day, I just have to count my blessings. I'm not in a Holocaust camp, you know, in the 1940s. I have, I live in the United States of America. I have a wonderful business, incredible family, a great team that I work with. I am so blessed to make art and get paid to do it. And yes, of course, there's going to be difficult things that come from that. But I think perspective and gratitude and realizing the only thing I can control is if I'm grateful and my attitude and how I'm going to respond to the situation. And I, I can't control it. And me worrying about it isn't going to do anything. And so just checking myself and realizing, no, Mitch, you don't have control and checking that ego has really, I think, helped me. And again, yeah. just making it more bite-sized, eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, and it, it's it's such a huge lesson and some people have to learn the hard way and you have to hit rock bottom That's me. to like realize that. And so if you if you can avoid that hard lesson, do it. Like be grateful today. Start changing your mindset today. Cause yeah, like attitude is gratitude, man. That's right. Baby. Like it's it really is everything. And it 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 can completely 
change your situation and and where you're at. Like um, speaking of all of this and attitude and gratitude, like it's uh, we had an employee of ours. His name's Taylor, who had a really horrible accident a couple weeks ago, almost a month ago now. Brain injury, almost died, like pretty significant mm. uh, impact to him, himself, his family. Um, could have had, could have been a much m- more difficult situation across the board. And it's an absolute miracle where he is today. Just talking to him last night, and it's like his whole attitude has completely shifted. And he's had many spiritual experiences the last couple of weeks. And and just his whole, and Shane knows like Taylor's pretty, uh, he's a very funny guy, extraordinarily outgoing and jokester this, this of all is, jokesters. Yeah, jokesters of all jokesters, but incredibly positive. And my experience with him the last couple of weeks as he's been recovering, it's like Taylor 2.0, you know? Mm. And he obviously, I don't, I, I hate that he had to have this accident happen, but it's completely shifted his mindset on his life where he wants to be, how hard he wants to work. And, um, and I'm excited for his life post accident. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm bummed that that had to happen, but he's now got a whole new outlook on his life, you know? Um, and I've had similar experiences myself, like with things that I've been through. Um, and sometimes you have to hit rock bottom, you know, to have that, attitude adjustment or sometimes that attitude adjustment or that mindset shift is the only thing that can take you through those hard things. But you determine if it's good for you you. for your good or not or to your detriment, right? The hard things that happen, everybody's going to have them happen. And we all know the people who are victims. I've been that guy, you know, but then you also know the people who say, this hard thing happened to me, but I'm not going to use it as a crutch in my life. And I'm going to use it as a stepping stone opportunity, which is so cool. I like to say, we should all be asking, why me? And then I like to emphasize on both sides. If you're going to ask, why me? Like, why am I in a negative way? Like, oh, why me? Why did that customer not pay me? Why am I struggling with this? Then you also have to say, why me? Like, why am I so lucky Mm -hmm. that I get to wear a pair of shoes? Why am I so lucky that I have eyes that work? Like, why am I so lucky that I actually get to live a, a life where I can breathe normally? Right. right. So I I think that it's important to have perspective in life and ground ourselves a little bit, even uh, when we're struggling with things that we think yeah. are the biggest deal in the world. But And even that, like taking that back, not only personally, but to the clients we get to work with, right? And like growing your business, like being grateful for the clients, like obviously treating them with the absolute utmost respect and, mm-hmm. you know, helping them beyond what maybe is normal or included or whatever. Like it'll, it'll take you so much further, right? Like yeah. we both know, like our best clients are ones that we obviously take really good care of, but they then in turn, because of the relationship, because of their experience, they refer other people. Yep. You know, yeah, and a really good one of ours is Film Lab. Yeah, yeah, they, they seem refer to be a lot a of people big to really, fans, really big good fans. referral partner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody but, asked me the other day, they they because I, I told them, like, oh, yeah, we sell scroll up the wazoo <laughs> because we believe in you guys, yeah. and and we we've seen results personally, we've seen it for people that we've worked with, and they say, well, why don't you? Like, do you have like a commission thing set up or whatever? I'm like, they've actually offered that before. But honestly, I just love them so much and they're so good at what they do. And I believe that, you know, I'm 
wanting to try to support and give without any expectation. And they've always treated us the exact same way. And if they ever need to call in a favor, I will be there to deliver. And I know the exact same thing. And, you know, that that is what business is. Like, can you yeah. bring value? Are you going to put the relationship first? And that's where you're going to have your most valuable, like, clients and relationships and opportunities. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree, man. All right, Mitch, this has been... Awesome. Enlightening today. It's hey, always fun to talk to you. It's guys. always fun to talk to you, Mitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is this was therapy, guys. It was. I, it was I the, it was the therapy yeah, for today. Yeah. The tone changed, right? Um all right. Let's see. Where can people find you, first of all? I mean, hit me up on Instagram at Mitchell Thane. If you're somebody who's struggling as an entrepreneur or is crushing as an entrepreneur, please give me your advice. But <laughs> there too, I want I want to support. Hit me up in the DMs, or you can always follow Film Lab, F I L M L A A B. We had to get know, the handle. You, we you had gotta to get the URL. Be unique. Yeah, double, double A. a. That's right. Well, it's because you guys are like double A batteries, and you never die. Yeah. Okay. Boom. A little Film Lab. You know, whatever. <laughs> film <lab>. So. <laughs> German. <laughs> exactly. So. Lob. Um, okay, great. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. I think we learn a lot about yeah. one mental health and entrepreneurship and just as individuals. And, and thank you for sharing your, that. your journey, man. Like I, I know you've in your story, you've been through a lot and appreciate you opening up and being vulnerable. And I think a lot of people will learn more about you. I appreciate that, this, man. So, well, thank it's you. been a safe space, and you guys have had your fair share of hard times too. But again, it has only led to good things, and I'm very, yeah. very grateful. Thanks, the path Mitch. is pretty uh, windy, right? It's That's not right. a straight path. Yeah. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate it.